Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Wetman's Pinks of Dawlish, Devon. Their Dianthus Bridal Star and Pink Ruffles are scenting the air on warm afternoons. Boy, they are cracking cultivars. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some of the latest news, views and a bit of timely advice on all things gardening. Later, I'll be finding out about flowers from the farm and chatting to their co-chair, Carol Patilla. Well, we've had another very demanding week. Seven days ago, I asked to keep fingers crossed for good weather. I can tell you. Cladding our 12 feet high pyramid with flowering pot plants in strong wind and repeated heavy showers was not much fun. The rain was very useful, but goodness, I wish it had come at night and not over those uh, particular two days just before last weekend. And again on Wednesday, we had uh, all of the Rudbeckia cultivars to plant for the Fluoroselect trial and whilst the uh, pretty steady fine rain for most of the day was perfect as far as the plants were concerned uh, I'm afraid uh, it didn't make the planting job very comfortable to say the least but at least they're in and they look fantastic all those serried rows over 80 of them and if you look on the diagonal, that's where I like to see the straight lines. Give them about five or six weeks and all those Rudbeckia will grow into one another. And they promise to be a fantastic show of colour and will be a very good learning process to select what are the best kinds today for most of our gardens. One of the first couples coming into Floral Fantasia at the RHS Garden at Hyde Hall was heard to say, this is my favourite bit of the garden. And that gave us quite a boost. Some 1,500 visitors attended on Sunday in spite of several really heavy downpours. And I'm told that the uh, ticket booking is now ahead of the number that visited in June last year. Garden centres across the land are reporting huge demand for plants and garden products and visiting my local garden centre, the shelves for miracle Grow were empty and potting compost, they told me, will be in in four days' time. Not much help, is it, if you need to bag a compost a bit quick? A local bedding nursery, too, uh, is virtually empty. The grower told me the benches are emptier now than they would have been the week after Christmas when uh, 
most of the nursery was pretty well clear. Simon Fraser of Ben Reed's Garden Centre up in Aberdeen reports that customer spend has trebled, while Adam Wigglesworth of Aylett's Garden Centre St Albans says that the customer numbers are down. You know, you've got to queue and wait to get in. But the average purchase is up by 207%. I mean, it's amazing the number of plants and things people are buying. Neil Alcock of uh, Seant Nurseries in North Wales says that he's moved from stress and worry at the start of the coronavirus lockdown to coping with unprecedented demand. Some of his hardy ferns are already sold out. There is some not such good news. The Harrogate Autumn Show has been cancelled, was to have been held on the 18th and 20th of September, and it's been organised by the North of England Horticultural Society for over a 100 years. The only previous interruption was World War II. Seems such a pity that these shows have to close. The next event for the North of England Horticultural Society will be the Harrogate Spring Show, 22nd to the 25th of April. So let's hope that uh, we can actually go to big outdoor events by next spring. Now, how about gardening tips for the season? I mean, rain has been uh, a plant lifesaver in uh, Essex. Things were just so dry. But if you trowel down, you may well find the soil is still very dry, several inches down. And now is a very good time to add a bit of extra water to drive the moisture really deep down to the roots and then get uh, a bit of mulch or something over the surface to hold that moisture. Plants looking a bit tired from uh, really quite high temperatures for late May and early June would benefit from uh, a high nitrogen feed. I suppose that's part of the explanation for the empty shelves of Miracle Grow at our local garden centre. So uh, <laughs> if, if you uh, have got some or can find high nitrogen fertiliser, would be worth uh, giving flowers, fruits and veg a bit of a boost. I'm hoeing some blood, fish and bone into the soil alongside cordon sweet peas. You know, they don't really like very high temperature. And now that uh, the temperatures have dropped a bit and with rain, if I can uh, hoe in an organic fertiliser like that, the blood and fish especially releases nitrogen quite quickly and that should really make the stem length increase again. But you need to be warned. Foxes and dogs can be attracted by the uh, smell of the bone meal. So uh, if you have foxes visiting the garden or a dog, uh, might be wiser to stick to the straight chemicals rather than the organics. The gardening questions still come thick and fast. One lady asks about rust on pears. That's a fairly uh, recent arrival. And if you've got a pear tree and you see little bright orange spots on the top of the leaves, then that is uh, rust. If you look under the leaf as it develops, there'll be protrusions too. If you just have a few of those orange spots on leaves, then it's worth picking the leaves off and uh, taking them away, destroying them in some form. If 
pretty well every leaf or lots of leaves have got these orange spots. I'm afraid it would do more harm than good taking off the leaf and you'll have to pretty well live with it for the time being. But when the leaves fall in the autumn, make sure you clean up as many as you can. And it might be worth uh, putting a bit of winter spray on the soil and giving the trees a winter oils treatment just to try and clean things up. The pear rust disease is also carried by junipers. So if there are junipers in the garden, I'm afraid uh, you're likely to uh, have an increasing problem with rust on pears. I also had an inquiry about moth orchids. Pity it didn't come through last week when we had Malcolm online and I could have checked with him. And, And the query is about small orchids growing on larger mother plants and whether they could be divided off. Well, of course, the moth orchids are aerial rooting. And so if you can let those pups, the new little growths growing on uh, established moth orchids, actually, I think they call those little things kaike, uh, which is Hawaiian for baby. Well, if, if your little babies can be left as long as possible, so they develop quite a lot of aerial root, which is how the plants absorb moisture and nutrient, then you stand a much better chance of uh, teasing them off, potting them up into orchid compost and getting them established to grow on their own. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm very pleased to welcome onto the podcast today... Carol Patilla, who is co-chair of Flowers from the Farm. Now, earlier this year, I had a really beautiful bunch of flowers come from a lady called Catherine Hargreaves, who trades under the title Tangle and Time. And it was the most beautiful bunch of, uh, well, I can best describe as garden flowers. Uh, Sweet rocket, wallflowers, tulips little pieces of young birch and hornbeam. It was the most beautiful arrangement. And Carol, can you tell us, where are you operating and what is Tuck Shop Flowers? Okay. Um, Well, I'm based uh, in Birmingham, in South Birmingham, and I work um, from my uh, garden, my allotments. And uh, I'm called Tuck Shop Flowers because my house used to be the sweet shop for the boys' school, which is a couple of doors down the road. (laughs) So that's where the name comes from. 
but you say a couple of allotments, so no big farm there. No, I think I've got about a quarter of an acre altogether. That includes the garden and the allotment. So no, it's not a huge space, but I grow for my own floristry. I'm not growing to supply on a wholesale scale and I just grow the things that I love, that I want to use in my bouquets and arrangements. So it's good to be able to indulge myself and grow the things that are perfumed and lovely. Well, I think I read wild and wonderful arrangements which change with the season. Well, I think that's the lovely thing about using garden flowers. I mean, I was smiling when you were listing the ingredients of the bouquet that you'd receive because that sounds so typical of kind of flowers from the farm members' bouquets because it's so easy to include such a wide range of um, unusual foliage and flowers that you just don't find in the, the normal wholesale supply chain because they just don't travel well you know, if they're cut and put in packed in dry in boxes and things, there's lots of things that we can pick from our gardens and put straight into water, which we can then use, um, you know, in bouquets and bunches and arrangements, which you, you just never see them to buy commercially. So it's lovely to be able to surprise people with the unexpected. And you'll need some experience then when you say pick and put in water. Could you give our listeners a tip or two if they are going out into the garden to pick a few flowers? I mean, what are the key things to do? Well, one of the key things is always to pick either very early in the morning before the sun's really got any heat in it or to pick late in the evening. So you're picking the flowers when they've you know, had time to absorb whatever water's in the soil, which isn't a lot at the moment. Um, no, it isn't. But, you know, then you're not picking them, you know, in the heat of the day when they're completely stressed and kind of slightly floppy before you even pick them. And I think before I start a flower range and I'd just pick something and, you know, start, messing around with it straight away but the one secret is to pick straight into um, a bucket of water you know no faffing around in your garden with a trug over your arm you want to bucket with some water in it put them straight into that and your buckets need to be clean as well um, because any bacteria that lurks in the bottom of buckets and vases is going to get into the flower stems and it will shorten the vase life of your flowers and always leave your flowers to have a drink after you've cut them so leave them in a the coolest darkest place you can find um just leave them there for a couple of hours to um have a good long drink before you start handling them a lot when you're arranging them and that will all help to extend the vase life and i think one another difference between commercially grown flowers and garden flowers is that they're a lot more thirsty uh, when they're in the vase so you do need to keep um, checking on the water levels in the vase once you've arranged them because they are a bit like you know the old milk advert for the Humphreys where they just go <laughs> and suck up all the water <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then how wide is the catalogue of things that you do I mean presumably weddings are quite important well, in normal times, weddings are a key cornerstone of my business. Uh, weddings and workshops are quite a significant um, part of my revenue streams, but sadly, uh, in the current climate, they've uh, disappeared slightly. But um, yeah, I, I do bouquets for local delivery now, uh, which I'd stopped doing when I was really busy because I needed all my flowers for the events and weddings and the larger sort of orders that I was taking but in these times um, I find that a lot of people are wanting to order bouquets just to send a flowery hug to their friends and neighbours and it's been lovely just to reconnect with the very local area and it's a lovely way to use up the flowers and share them and you know share the pleasure of them with with people in difficult times. So under normal circumstances you'd be dealing with wedding flowers does that ever become a high pressure job? Well, 
yes, I mean, uh, we all see bridezillas on the TV and, and all the rest of it. But I think English country garden flowers are very popular for weddings um, and have been for several years now. Um, but I think sometimes people lose touch with seasonality. So they, so, so a lot of people come and they, they don't really know what flowers are in season. I mean, basically, I think flowers that people know are things like roses, lilies, gypsophila, freesias. And a lot of people's knowledge doesn't really extend far beyond that unless they're keen gardeners. Um, so they tend to be the flowers they get asked for just because they're the flowers people are familiar with. But obviously, things like peonies and roses, they're not British grown. They're not available kind of year round. So if somebody says, oh, I'm getting married in February and I'd like peonies, it's like, I think you've come to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I'm quite clear when people contact me for weddings and, and I say to them that I don't work like a conventional high street florist. And I do work, you know, using you know, the nicest flowers that are available at the time and they do change with the seasons. You know, they might have a colour scheme, but they don't really mind what's used to create the right feel and the right effect. And yeah, and I work with some really lovely couples, so I'm obviously doing something right in uh, in where, how I pitch myself to them. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're listed amongst the top twenty most creative florists. I think that was a British Flowers Week uh, piece uh, a few years ago. Now, yes, it was uh, very flattering to be included in some very uh, excellent company <laughs> in that piece. I should think so. But, but if weddings have been off the agenda with the lockdown. Uh, what about funerals? I have always done funeral flowers. In fact, it's one of the things that got me into floristry in the first place, because my brother-in-law died very suddenly and I used all the flowers from my sister's garden um, to create flowers for him. So I've always felt strongly about that, because at the time when I created those, I was googling images, trying to get inspiration, because that was before I had even started as a business. I was still teaching at the time. I really couldn't find anything. You know, I didn't want to make the gates of heaven. I didn't want to make his name in chrysanthemums. But then seeing the responses of his colleagues and friends at the crematorium afterwards, it really did make me think, oh, you know, maybe there is something in this. Maybe other people want this too, because he used to work for the Norfolk Wildlife Trust. And his flowers, you know, there were there were seed heads, there was flow mist, there was allium seed heads that he'd picked directly, there was gelder rose berries and all sorts of things in it. And all his colleagues and they were all kind of identifying all the different flowers. Makes it much more personal, doesn't it? Yeah. How? Yeah, I think it's really nice to be able to, you know, reflect somebody's life with funeral flowers and to offer an alternative. Because I think if if you love flowers and you don't want something from a catalogue it's kind of hard to find an alternative but thankfully I think that situation's changing and more and more people are doing natural style funeral flowers now so they might take a little bit more looking for but they are out there. Well when you say looking for your co-chair of flowers from the farm yes. and, and looking down the list of uh, members there are some really charming names. <laughs> Sunny View Flowers at Nantwich or Flowers by the Gate at Bath and then there's Beamsley Blooms in North Yorkshire and the Flower Field at Crasky in the Highlands. Yeah. Oh, and there's the Flower Ladies, two sisters in Buckinghamshire, the Enchanting Owl, four acres in North Shropshire yeah. and Bride and Bloom. I thought that was clever, yeah, Bride and yeah, Bloom. Yeah. She's good, that Hannah. <laughs> And how many members do you have? I mean, you you, you are a you know, complete national spread, aren't you? 
Yeah, um, I think the current membership total, I think as of last week, is now 823. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? It is. When I first joined in 2012, I think we had about 150 members. So it's been a fairly massive growth. And a real cottage industry. Would that be fair to describe it in that way? Yes, I, th- I think so. I mean, it, we're, we, we encompass quite a broad range of people. We've got, you know, there are other people like me who are, you know, gardening on a small scale, but there are other people who are um, growing flowers as part of a farm diversification scheme and other people, you know, um, who, who've, hired, who've rented land um, to have, you know, half an acre, an acre, um, just to grow flowers on. So it's quite, it's quite a diverse kind of group of people growing in, in different settings but I think the majority of our members I think from the survey we did in 2018 I think the majority grow on between half an acre and an acre I think that was the biggest group of people um, out of the membership who responded at the time but we're about to do another survey this year so it'll be interesting to see if that's changed and then you have quite an important British flowers week when you sort of put the focus on uh, homegrown flowers Yes, I mean, that's run by the Covent Garden Flower Market. That's a celebration that was launched by them that our members have taken to their hearts. And, you know, anything that promotes British flowers and gets them into more vases is is all good by us. So we're quite happy to join in celebrating um, that with Covent Garden. So, yeah, I mean, we have another celebration later on in the year called um, the Flower Farmers Big Weekend in August, Um, And where British Flowers Week is about the flowers and the floristry, our Flower Farmers Big Weekend is more about the people and the places and and the growing of the flowers. They've got slightly different focuses, but I think it's really nice to have national celebrations that get, you know, British flowers in in the spotlight because it's where they need to be. (laughs) Oh, without question. I I couldn't be with you more. and if people want to check on the dates of these events, how do they find you and how do they find your members? Um, if, they, if they want to find our members, uh, Flowers from the Farm has a website, www.flowersfromthefarm.co.uk. And if they go to the um, Find tab on the menu, there's a drop-down which, gives, uh, which says Find Flowers. And it'll take them to a map which has pins on it for all the different members of the country. So they can look by service um, and they can look by region. Some people just do local retail. Some people specialise in weddings and events like me. You know, it's everybody's doing it slightly differently. But that's what makes it interesting. There's room for everybody. But for British Flowers Week, they also have a website, britishflowersweek.co.uk. For British Flowers Week this year, we've all got to... Um, dress up windows and post on social media pictures of our windows all decorated to celebrate British flowers. So there should be some nice photos, galleries popping up on there, hopefully in the next week or so. So I must get my bucket, cut some flowers and see that I have flowers in my window. Yes. Well, well if, you go, <laughs> if you go onto the website, they've got ideas actually and suggestions. Carol, it's great to speak to you. Thank you very much for giving me your time. That's and, no and I wish you and your members every success. Thank you very much, Peter. Now, my tailpiece for this week is a quote from Gertrude Jekyll. The love of gardening is a seed once sown, never dies. I just hope all those uh, new to gardening people over recent weeks or months have success and stick with it so that their gardening seed, now sown, 
never dies. Be back with you next week. Wish you a successful gardening time. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Wetman's Pinks of Dawlish, Devon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.